the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Everybody, another Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM nine seventy. The answer. How to let that one go a little bit? Ronnie James Dio. Boy, do I miss him. A little stand up and shout. We got a great show for you tonight. Craft beer guest to get to. That'll be joining me at the bottom of the hour. The usual news and notes to get to. But first, how can you follow me? Very easy on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo. That's G A T U L O. Facebook dot com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. And don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. Uh, little Ronnie James Dio to kick it off. Stand up and shout from his uh, first album, Holy Diver. Um, Dio is actually going to be back on tour, oddly enough, even though he passed away a number of years ago. It's a new thing called uh, Dio Disciples. It is Ronnie James Dio as a hologram. And uh, there will be a band, but there will also be Ronnie James Dio as a hologram. Uh, there, there was a trial run of this, um, uh, I think, late, early this year or something like that. But a friend of mine, or a friend of a friend, my neighbor's friend, who's actually uh, tours and does a bunch of stuff, he's going to be on this tour. He told us this over the summer uh, and told us that he's actually going to be on this tour. They're going to test it out in Europe first, and then they're going to bring it to America. And uh, I believe Ripper... Uh, who was in Judas Priest for a little bit when Rob Halford left. He will be uh, one of the singers in the band. So it's not just going to be Ronnie James Dio as a hologram. There'll be an actual live band with a singer. and uh, Very cool concept. If the tickets are reasonably priced, I think I'm definitely going to go check that out. That, that sounds like a lot of fun, and I do miss uh, Ronnie James Dio. The man was awesome in concert. What a voice. So our guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, Sarah Wood. She is a co-author, or tri-author, because there are three, uh, of a wonderful book I read over the summer. It's called The Trappist Beer Travels. They write all about this whirlwind trip that the ladies took, three women, took to Europe visiting the various Belgian monasteries that make beer, including one that is in Massachusetts as well. Uh, and one, if I'm not mistaken, I believe in Italy. More info on the book and where they will be signing copies of that book at TrappistBeerTravels.com. That's going to happen in about 20 minutes from now. Uh, they will be in New York uh, next week, and you can actually uh, meet the authors and share a couple of Belgian beers with them. Very, very cool. So we'll do that uh, about 20 minutes from now. First up, let's get to some news and notes. Uh, and uh, one of the cool things that we just found out earlier this week uh, Canadian Breakfast Stout from Founders, which is an imperial stout made with chocolate and coffee that's aged in bourbon barrels that previously held maple syrup, will be available from Founders starting December 1st on draft and for $24.99 per 750 milliliter bottle. 
this uh, beer is made with the same recipe as the celebrated Kentucky Breakfast Stout. It's just with an added maple syrup element. Uh, it is uh, no, the number one top-rated beer in Michigan by beer advocate users. I mean, if you want to go through the whole, you know, who rated this, what, blah, 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 whatever. Um, Founders uh, says that the last official bottle release of CBS was in 2011, and at that time it was 10.6% alcohol by volume. Uh, there was also a limited employees-only 2014 release with a slightly different label, and a limited keg run was released in 2015. Uh, Canadian Breakfast Out, uh, they say, a beer that beer lovers well beyond Michigan crave. It is a fitting way for founders to finish off the first year of its often bold barrel-aged series. So uh, if you're uh, looking, you know, again, a beer that they have not um, released uh, in a number of years, six years, that is. So uh, it will be out starting December 1st on tap, uh, on draft, and then it will be available uh, per bottle. Uh, Founders usually sends me most of their releases. I'm very encouraged uh, to try this one because this is one that hasn't been out uh, for a number of years. Now, uh, following an encouraging second quarter of 2017, Boston Beer Company uh, last week reported a 3% decline in net revenue and 3.5% decrease in depletions in quarter three versus the same period last year. Uh, net revenues for Boston Beer, that makes uh, Sam Adams Beer, Angry Orchard, Hard Cider, Twisted Tea, and Truly Spiked and Sparkling Seltzers, among other products, declined to $247 million. The company attributed uh, to a 4% decline in shipments during the quarter ending on September 30th. Depletions close to second quarter levels of 3%. This, of course, from the website Brewbound, uh, a great source of information. So uh, Sam Adams is uh, talking about their, the uh, Sam Adams and the Angry Orchard brands uh, had declines but they had an increase in sales in the Twisted Tea and Truly Spiked and Sparkling brands. So they are uh, attempting to uh, – Sam Adams is going to do a couple of different things. Uh, they have this Sam 76 that is out uh, and a uh, – let's see. Uh, a, they're they're going to be releasing a New England-style IPA, that kind of juicy IPA that everybody's looking for. They're going to try and do that. Sam Samuel Adams' Boston Beer has definitely lost market share, I think because of IPAs. Uh, their their lager is great, but I think they lost ground on IPAs because I think they thought it was going to be a fad and go away, and it is not. IPAs have, are very strong. There is a very strong component uh, in terms of uh, uh, of beer consumption uh, from people in the craft beer industry. And so uh, I think they lost a little bit of ground there, and they're trying to make up for it now. The Rebel Raw was awesome. They should be making more of that. Maybe this is what this style is going to be. Uh, we shall see. Uh, but the interesting thing is their spiked seltzer, their, their truly spiked seltzer. My wife and a friend of mine uh, drink that, on, not on a regular basis, but semi-regular basis, and they love it. If you're looking for an alternative from beer uh, and you want something that's gluten-free and you don't want a cider because the ciders are a lot of calories and, they're very, and some of them are very sweet, a lot of carbs, the truly spiked is a great alternative. Uh, has alcohol in it, uh, not a lot of carbs. I think it's like one gram of carbs. Uh, and not a ton of sugar either, and it's a beverage you can you can enjoy, you know, one or two or three if you want, you know, during the course of an evening. It's definitely an alternative. They have different flavors. There's like a lemon, a yuzu orange, and a blood orange, and a grapefruit. Definitely an alternative. Definitely something you want to take a look at uh, from uh, the makers of uh, Boston beer. Uh, Anheuser Busch InBev, uh, their thir- uh, third quarter earnings a growth of three point six percent. But their worldwide uh, beer volumes fell 1.5%. U.S. shipments to wholesalers dropped. Uh, a, this is a big number for them, 6.4% during the quarter. Uh, they are blaming the hurricanes in Texas and Florida for the reason why uh, their market share has dipped uh, to 0.8%. Uh, 
uh, they cannot, as they say, uh, one, or, or an analyst says about uh, AB's underlying U.S. business, uh, they cannot remember a quarter as bad in recent memory. So uh, that's that's interesting. Um, they uh, again, I think part of the reason why people are not buying as much Budweiser, I, I don't, maybe it is the hurricanes, maybe that does have something to do with it. Um, but I also think the fact that uh, the um, the fact that they've acquired these craft beer uh, brands over the last several months and uh, last year or two, people are getting turned off by craft beer that is made by AB InBev. Very simple. Now, I, I know that goes contrary to some things that I've uh, that I've said. Uh, I enjoy uh, a Blue Point beer when it's when it's available, when it's around, and I'm in the mood for it. But for the most part, most of the other brands that they have purchased, I avoid. Um, I would rather have a local beer, uh, you know, a local craft beer, than have that. So we'll see what happens here uh, with that. Uh, it, it is interesting. Their revenues have declined. They're blaming the hurricane. I guess we'll see in the fourth quarter if uh, their revenues have continued to decline, stabilize, or actually go up. The other big news for this week on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, before we take a short break, Mass uh, Bay Brewing Company, the makers of the Harpoon and UFO brands, announced the purchase of Clown Shoes. Now, Clown Shoes beer, they do a great job. I love their labels, okay? Uh, Their labels are great, very innovative. Some are a little racy. But uh, they are—they uh, do a phenomenal job with the artwork on the bottles. But the beer is not bad. I mean, there is some stuff that you kind of, mm, all right, but Space Cake is really good. Uh, Galactica is a great IPA. They do a good job with their porters and stouts. Uh, some of their stuff is kind of hit or miss, but Clown Shoes does a really good job. Now, uh, Harpoon and UFO has acquired them. Uh, the financial terms were not, of the deal were not disclosed. Mass Bay Brewing, though, co-founder uh, Dan Kenra told Brewbound his company had acquired 100% of Clown Shoes' assets. Uh, they have every incentive to grow this brand and make it successful. Uh, they believe that the, uh, the, the acquiring the company is very ideal. Uh, Clown Shoes founder Greg Berman, seven other employees will join Mass Bay Brewing, uh, also have an opportunity to participate in the company's employee stock ownership plan. Um, they are excited, uh, as they say, uh, Kennery says, they're excited to take their beer and their brewery to another level, and they're excited to help them do it. Uh, apparently, they had uh, discussions back in March with an offer to buy the brand. Uh, they weren't looking, but then they looked at the portfolio and said, you know, they're kind of in the same line as us. Let's try and do this. And Berman said a sale to Harpoon did not mean the company was selling out. Uh, they they are going to create small batch, state-specific, and barrel-aged beers at an accelerated rate in 2018. Clown Shoes was founded back in 2009. They uh, And the owner of um, Harpoon says, we are not looking to harpoonize Clown Shoes we are looking to have them uh, as a part of us and to grow their product again, as I said. According to Kennery, 80 to 90% of Clown Shoes beers, including year-round core, limited-release, and barrel-age products, will shift from Ipswich uh, Ale Brewery to Harpoon's facilities in Boston and Windsor, Verm- uh, in, uh, excuse me, Windsor, Vermont. Production of Clown Shoes beer expected to begin uh, this coming week in Boston and in late November in Vermont. Clown Shoes currently sold in 28 states and five countries. Um, there is not as much distribution alignment as he'd like. Uh, they uh, share wholesalers in parts of different states, including upstate New York and all of New Jersey, but they are not in Vermont. So now, having uh, acquired them, they will be in Vermont, so you'll be able to get them uh, clown shoes in uh, Vermont. And uh, just a really cool deal. Congratulations to clown shoes. Congratulations to Harpoon. This is great. Again, Harpoon, an employee-owned company. Very cool. It's nice to see people merging now and not necessarily selling out. 
to Big Beer. Now, when we come back after a short break, some more news and notes. We'll stick with the local breweries in New York and New Jersey and other stuff as well. You never know. Folks, we're just getting started on this program that focuses on that delicious beverage made with barley and hops. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. Attention, residents of Rochelle Park, Bergen County, and fellow AM 970 listeners. I'm Mayor Frank Valenzuela, and this coming Tuesday, November 7th, is Election Day. During my 11 years on the Rochelle Park Township Committee and four years as your mayor, I've worked very hard to keep our property taxes to one of the lowest rates in Bergen County. My goals as your mayor have been and will continue to be planning for our towns and our children's future. With your vote to re-elect me to the Township Committee on Tuesday, November 7th, we can continue to move Rochelle Park forward together. Remember to vote for me, Frank Valenzuela, and my running mate, Sam Allos, column one in Rochelle Park, Bergen County, on Tuesday, November 7th. To learn more about our campaign, visit our Facebook page, 07662, Moving Rochelle Park Forward. That's 07662, Moving Rochelle Park Forward. Thank you. Paid for by the friends of Frank Valenzuela for Township Committee. I'm Jay Farner from Quicken Loans. Choosing the right mortgage lender involves much more than just a rate. Quicken Loans has earned 11 J.D. Power Awards for client satisfaction. And we invented Rocket Mortgage, a simpler, hassle-free way to get a mortgage completely online. No one else has anything like it. So choose Quicken Loans, America's number one online lender. Call Quicken Loans today at 800-QUICKEN or go to rocketmortgage.com. That's 800-QUICKEN. Equal housing lender, NMLS number 3030. As you walk up to the Barrow House in Clifton, New Jersey, you're transported back in time by the reconstructed 19th century farmhouse design, complete with reclaimed wood beams and flooring. Once inside, your experience truly begins. Now, each room has its own unique, comfortable feel, starting with the Morris Canal-inspired bar open until 3 a.m. nightly. That was awesome. What a beautiful bar. To the colonial-era dining rooms lined with historical oil paintings. Each twist and turn tells a story, and they encourage you to walk around the restaurant. You will not be disappointed. Whether you select the old smoky brisket sausage sandwich or the butternut squash risotto, you can't go wrong. Pair any meal with any of the 18 craft beers on draft or choose from the wine list with a special focus on small farm wineries or try a tasty seasonal craft cocktail. The Barrow House on Van Houten Avenue in Clifton quickly becoming a destination dining and bar experience not to be forgotten. Very easy to get to right off of Route 3. Visit thebarrowhouse.com. Return to a simpler time, the Barrow House. And when in Nutley, don't forget to visit Cowan Public Art Deco Speakeasy. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast, and it's on AM 970 The Answer. Follow me on social media. Very easy. Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, that's G A T. U-double-L-O, Facebook.com slash AGCraftBeerCast. Email at albertg at nycradio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast. You can find all the shows on those two platforms. It's definitely a D.O. hour tonight. A little We Rock from their second album, The Last in Line. Ronnie James Dio, the Dio Disciples, coming back next year. A hologram. Yes, Ronnie James Dio is a hologram playing behind a live band. And uh, I am looking uh, very much forward to going to see this uh, show. Uh, Ripper, who used to sing in Judas Priest when Rob Halford left the band, he's going to be doing some of the songs as well. 
It's an interesting concept. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. Sometime in 2018 should be a lot of fun. Now, our guest tonight on the Craft Beer Cast, Sarah Wood. She's a tri-author of a wonderful book, three women that wrote this book, that I read over the summer called The Trappist Beer Travels Talks All About Belgian Monasteries and Beer. That's going to happen in about 10 minutes from now. It's a great interview. You definitely want to stick around for that and listen to that. As we continue news and notes here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. So Election Day is coming up on Tuesday. If you live in the state of New Jersey, very important that you get out and vote. Obviously, it's one of two races uh, for governorship here in the country. Don't want to make this a political thing. Uh, but there are a number of politicians who are in favor of craft beer in New Jersey, and there's a list that's out there that the New Jersey Brewers Association put out uh, a week ago. You definitely want to check that out. We'll post it on our Facebook page. We'll tweet it out as well. Just click on the link. Take a look. If you're a, a, a supporter of craft beer in New Jersey, you just want to do your due diligence. I'm not telling you which way to vote. Check it out. Check out who f- uh, supports craft beer. Those that are not on the list obviously don't support craft beer in New Jersey. And in the year 2016... Craft beer had a $1.6 billion economic impact on New Jersey. Very important to take a look at. So uh, check it out. And if you want to support New Jersey breweries, just go to njbeer.ticketleap.com and you can make a donation to the NJ Craft Brewers Pact. Uh, Now, the New York State Brewers Association is joining the New York City Brewers Guild, a unique New York City brewed fall crawl throughout Long Island City. Now, not only can you enjoy beer from the breweries you visit, all of them within walking distance, but many other New York City-based breweries will be sampled at these host locations. Just show up at any of the four locations, and $20 gets you a wristband and samples from all of the breweries involved, and you move on to other host breweries to try more exciting brews. Now, the proceeds benefit the New York State Brewers Association as well as the New York City Brewers Guild. The fall crawl locations, I'll give you in just a second, it's going to start at the LIC Beer Project, and that's Wednesday, November 8th. That's this coming Wednesday, November 8th, from 6 to 9 p.m. So it starts at the LIC Beer Project at 39-2823rd Street in Long Island City, New York. Then it moves on to Fifth Hammer Brewing, and then it goes to Big Alice Brewing, and then finally ends up in Rockaway Brewing. And they're all within walking distance, like I said. It's Wednesday, November 8th, 6 to 9 p.m. at the Long Island City Beer Project, 39-2823rd Street in Long Island City. You pay 20 bucks, you get a wristband, and you get samples from all four, four breweries, all of them, within walking distance. Thanks to the New York State Brewers Association and thanks to the New York City Brewers Guild for that event. Now, Flying Dog has got some, because it's New York City Brewers Week, they're doing a whole, you know, with the state, all over Manhattan next week, they're going to be doing uh, Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, all over the uh, the, the five boroughs. Uh, they're going to be doing, as well as New York State, they're going to be doing all kinds of different brew things. So you want to take advantage of that. Now, Flying Dog has uh, a brew house rarity coming out uh, the week of November 13th, uh, Snake Oil Black Lager. It is a 6.7% black lager, and it's brewed uh, in collaboration with the team at Woodbury Kitchen and Pantry, uh, showcasing the versatility of Maryland fish peppers. Interesting. Family drama Imperial Pilsner also coming out from Flying Dog. That is hitting shelves this coming week. It is an 8.4% Imperial Pilsner. Uh, and then finally, a last-minute gift if you're shopping uh, for the holidays for your beer, uh, beer lover friend. Holiday variety packets featuring three beers and all of them brewed in collaboration with uh, one of their friends. Uh, Caramel Lager, it's inspired by and brewed in collaboration with Fisher's Popcorn. Chocolate Milk Stout, which is inspired by and brewed in collaboration with Salazon Chocolate. And finally, Christmas Day IPA, which is brewed in collaboration with Otter Ben. Uh, Otter Ben or Otter Bine? I think it's Otter Ben. We'll 
figure it out. Otter Bend Cookies. Now, you can pair this variety pack alongside each of these companies' products, and then you got all of your stocking stuffers covered. Uh, let's see. You can start shopping for this the week of November 13th. Get a sneak peek at the brewery already, uh, and you can meet the teams uh, from those various places. So it's in the brewery this weekend, but you can get it uh, a week from now on uh, the 13th of November. And then finally, on Black Friday, they're releasing a very limited amount of oak aged K9 750s at the brewery tasting room. Only 50 gift packs will be available. So uh, thanks to our friends from Flying Dog uh, for sending over that information as we continue on our news segment and notes segment here on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, left-hand brewing as stout season is in full swing now. So celebra- celebrating, as they call it, Nitrovember, new milk stout nitro cans coming from left hand. Uh, they'll have a, the uh, a widget inside technology allows nitro fans to take beer on the go. Uh, let's see here. They are going to have an addition to Milk Stout Nitro cans. They uh, have their Wake Up Dead Nitro, which is a limited Russian Imperial Stout. That's a 10.2% ABV with a 45 IBU. The year-round Milk Stout Nitro is a sweet stout. It's uh, a 6% ABV with a 25 IBU. And then finally, a bittersweet nitro, uh, which is limited. It's an Imperial Coffee Milk Stout. And that is an 8.9% ABV with a 54 IBU. So looking forward to trying some of those. They did send me a bottle of the Russian Imperial Stout, but it be interesting to try the Nitro one uh, in the can. So we'll see what happens there. Our good friends from Dogfish Head, they are releasing an IPA for the Holidays uh, variety pack. It's a limited edition 12-pack. It fe- contains four varieties of IPA goodness and a 61 exclusive. Now, the 61 12-pack exclusive, uh, it, it is a... Um, a marriage of their 60-minute IPA. They added uh, Soraya grapes, so that is their 61 in the 12-pack. Then there's a 60-minute IPA in there as well as a 90-minute and an Indian brown dark IPA uh, as the guys from uh, Dogfish Head releasing a 12-pack for the holidays. You definitely want to check that out. Our friends from Heavy Seas, they have announced uh, a release of uh, 22. It is an anniversary ale to celebrate the brewery's 22nd year of brewing craft beer in Baltimore. This Belgian-style triple aged in local Sagamore Spirit Rye whiskey barrels uh, will be released sometime in early December. It is a 10% ABV with a 37 IBU. And, uh, again, it's going to have uh, some chocolate malt and some other uh, stuff in it along with vanilla and the subtle spiciness from the uh, rye whiskey barrel aging. So thanks to our friends from Heavy Seas for sending that information over. That sounds like something I'd really like to try. And then Molson Coors we talked about. Uh, in our first segment, uh, earnings from Sam Adams as well as AB InBev. But uh, Molson Coors U.S. shipments declined by more than 7%. They had released that earlier this week as well. They said their global brand volumes uh, increased 0.6%. Its revenues uh, increased 2.9% worldwide and 1.2% in the U.S. But net dollar sales declined 2.1% in the third quarter. Uh, year-to-date domestic sales to retailers have declined 2.3%. Sales to wholesalers have dropped 3.8% this coming from the company. They said they have had a 50 almost a 50% reduction in out of stocks compared to last year. Uh they said let's see the decline they're noting among them spirit brands discounting their products, on-premise traffic declines, changes in shopping behavior, behavior and the short-term negative impact on sales of Hurricanes Irma and Harvey. So a lot of these breweries Sam Adams didn't do this, but AB InBev and now Molson Coors is doing this as well, saying that the hurricanes had a definite economic impact uh, on them. So uh, we'll see what we'll see what happens here uh, as uh, the fourth quarter uh, rolls along. We got some other news uh, to get to. We've got two great events 
that are coming up that the Alcatulo Craft Beer Cast will be taking on the road that you definitely want to check out. So November 30th, we're going to be at Paragon Tap and Table. This is a bartender versus bartender competition. Uh, it is uh, November 30th. It starts at 8 p.m. We're going to be taping the Craft Beer Cast before that. And uh, there's going to be competitive rounds. Uh, points are awarded in the following categories. A whole group of bartenders will be making different drinks. So the, uh, the, the points will be awarded for flair competition, speed pouring, classic drink preparation, mixology, creativeness, and originality. And then uh, myself... Uh, and a, and a, a panel of judges will, you know, vote on the different on the different drinks. The winners will get prizes, and then we're auctioning off the drinks for charity. So uh, we are uh, taking the proceeds. We're donating it to a local animal shelter, as well as to one of the bartenders uh, has family in Puerto Rico. So they're going to split up the um, the proceeds uh, to those two uh, to the charity and also uh, to the animal shelter. Now, this is November 30th, Thursday, November 30th. That starts at 8 o'clock, the bartending competition. The Algatulo Craft Beer Cast will be there earlier, and we will, um, we will be there to, uh, to, 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 you know, to host the show. I'm not exactly sure what brewery is going to be there yet, but as soon as we know that, actually I'm going to find out, uh, and we'll get that information to you guys uh, for next week. Now, the other big event that we're having. The Algatulo Bre- uh, Craft Beer Cast will be on the road, this time in Manhattan, at John Sullivan's. This is Friday, December 8th, from 5 to 9 p.m. We're doing a live broadcast of the show. This isn't going to be one that's taped and played later. It's going to be a live broadcast. It will start at 7 o'clock and will lead into St. John's Basketball. The, this bar happens to be an Arizona State bar. We're going to have a blast there. We'll talk some college hoops. We'll talk some beers. Uh, drink specials, food specials. It's going to be a blast. You definitely want to come out to this. 210 West 35th Street, right near Madison Square Garden. It's called John Sullivan's Barn Grill. You do not want to miss this. The Algatulo Craft Beer Cast, live in Manhattan, Friday, December 8th, from 5 to 9 p.m., 210 West 35th Street uh, in Manhattan, just steps from Madison Square Garden. You definitely don't want to miss that one. We are going to have a blast at that. When we come back after a short break, Sarah Wood, she's a a tri-author of a wonderful book I read over the summer called The Trappist Beer Travels. She will join me. This is the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You know, I've been talking about Cowan's Public for the last few weeks, and it may have been born in 2015, but its historic roots stretch back into the 1930s. This Art Deco speakeasy in Nutley, New Jersey, opened its doors just after the repeal of Prohibition. The main room, when you walk in, it's got a curved Art Deco bar, custom stained glass, roaring fireplace, and plenty of places to sit. Cowan's Public has 16 rotating craft beers on draft for all tastes, and they use local purveyors focusing on the freshest ingredients. Let me tell you something. They have a great craft beer selection there. If you want great craft beer, Cowan's Public is the place to go to. Now, try their fried chicken and waffle sandwich, or perhaps their wild mushroom taco. Both are winners. Cowan's Public, they focus on seasonal specialty cocktails with premium ingredients, house-made syrups, and fresh-squeezed juices. If you're looking for something really unique... I'm telling you, Cowan's Public offers a barrel-aged cocktail program featuring five cocktails that have been aged in different spirit barrels, taking on the flavors of the wood and the spirit that was previously held in the barrel. Visit CowanspUblic.com. The 1930s never looked so good. Cowan's Public, your local escape. And when in Clifton, visit the newly constructed Barrow House Bar and Restaurant. Welcome back to the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer, you can follow me on Twitter, at Algatulo. Instagram, at Gatulo. That's G-A-T-T. 
U-double-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast. Email at Albert G at NYCRadio.com. Don't forget, Google Play and iTunes. Just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to the Craft Beer Cast uh, right from there. A little rainbow to kick off this segment. You know, two different forms of rainbow. Richie Blackmore's rainbow. You got Ronnie James Dio. You got Jolyn Turner doing the vocals there. A little I Surrender. Good stuff. Uh, definitely miss Dio. And uh, maybe this uh, this whole show is kind of a Dio-themed show since I played Ronnie James Dio to start off the program tonight. Now, my next guest on the cast, she is a co-author, as I said earlier, a tri-author of a wonderful book that I read over the summer called The Trappist Beer Travels. They write all about this whirlwind trip that the ladies took to Europe visiting the various Belgian monasteries that make beer. Now, more info on the book and where they will be signing copies of the book here in the Northeast. Uh, that will be, that The website is trappistbeertravels.com. And joining me right now is Sarah Wood. Sarah, welcome to the Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. How are you? Hi, thanks so much, Alan. Well, how are you? I'm doing great. Now, Sarah, what was the thought process behind you and your colleagues' decision to write a book on Belgian monasteries? Right. Uh, well, we um, we love beer, uh, and we love traveling and experiencing new beer. And who loves beer and does not want to check out monasteries when they can't? You know, like a lot of these places are incredibly secluded, and so that was a big draw. Understanding a little bit more between these monks who are highly revered for making excellent beer, but are also very much uh, isolated from the world at large. So that was the impetus. Was how could we get how could we get in? Um, and the book was our foray there. We, we thought we can write about this. We could capture these stories and share it with other beer lovers like us who are curious about these people. Now, this was a, a kind of, as I said, a whirlwind trip that you guys took. It was a couple of Absolutely. different countries and Massachusetts in about 10 days or so. Is that right? Uh, it was about 18 days of 18 travel days, for okay. those monasteries themselves. Yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and those are located in Belgium, the Netherlands, Austria, Italy, and then, yes, one in the United States in, Boston, or in Massachusetts, just outside of Boston. And, and I'll get to the one in Massachusetts in a second. We're talking with Sarah Wood, co-author of the book Trappist Beer Travels. They're in New York City signing books and, of course, sampling Belgian beers Tuesday through Thursday of next week. More info on that at trappistbeertravels.com. And you can get the whole list, the itinerary of where they're going to be signing books. But now, one of these monasteries is in Italy. You guys had to take a, a – it was a train to get there. Why Italy? That seems a bit odd when you – when you're relating to Belgian monasteries, right? Right. Well, this, there's Trappist monasteries all over the world. Um, so it's not necessarily a Belgian tradition to be Trappist. However, the art of brewing beer um, in monasteries did begin in Belgium because that is sort of their regional drink. Mm-hmm. So as more monasteries have started to utilize beer production as um, as a means to generate revenue for their uh for their monastery, they've gone back to those Belgian traditions because that's what the market is expecting. But you can see with, like, Spencer in Massachusetts, they are brewing styles that are not unique to Belgium that are uh, more American styles and more regionally appropriate for where they are. So in Italy, there is a, or in Rome, actually, there's a very old monastery, um, Tre Fontana. Uh, they recently began brewing and producing beer at the monastery itself, but the monastery's walls are incredibly old and date back really back to like the time of Paul. The, the name Tre Fontana comes from the legend that uh, St. Paul was uh, beheaded there, and every time his head bounced, a fount sprung up. So Tre Fontana, three fountains. Wow, that is that is pretty cool. See, I love I love the history of all of this stuff. Now, how much access of the operation did you guys receive inside the monasteries? 
Uh, it varied, but for the most part, incredibly deep access. We worked closely with the International Trappist Association, and they were really integral with connecting us to the right people at the monasteries, making sure that we were there at an appropriate time that worked for the monks. Yeah. Um, and then from there, we were pretty consistent on the things that we would want to see and talk about. Um, and they gave us plenty of attention and lots and lots of, of their time. We were very appreciative for all of their help. And samples as well, right? Yes, a few samples along the way. (laughs) Now, for many of these monasteries, Sarah, they're not only producing beer to sell, but other food products as well. Tell me a little bit about how they use these ingredients uh, to help, and and how they give them back to the to the community at large to help sustain the monasteries. Right. They um, so the monasteries are making lots of products that can be cheese, that can be uh, liturgical garb, that can be jewelry, and like sort of things that you would use during religious ceremonies. the International Trappist Association oversees all of that production to make sure that the products that are coming out are of the highest quality um, and that they can be branded appropriately for those Trappist monasteries so that other creators of liturgical garb or beer or whatever you may have um, don't abuse the name Trappist and sort of try to jump on board with those high-quality products. Um, All revenue that comes in through the sale of those products goes directly back into the monasteries to sustain their way of life. Um, Any revenue that exceeds what they need will go into charitable charitable causes. So there's no just like piles of money that are being stored up. All those things are going back into either their communities or uh, charities that they're passionate or tied to or sister communities, so monasteries that maybe haven't gotten their footing yet who need a little bit of help to uh, sustain them as well. And we're talking with Sarah Wood. She's the tri-author, as I like to call it, of the book Trappist Beer Travels. They're in New York City. The ladies are signing books and, of course, sampling Belgian beers Tuesday through Thursday of next week. More info at trappistbeertravels.com on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970. The answer. Now, the, the interesting story, another interesting story in this book, Sarah, that I read, the monastery in Massachusetts, ha, ha, uh, Spencer, how were they approved by the monks? How were they approved? Uh, so they were filed with the International Travel Association. They've been crea- uh, they've been making preserves and liturgical garb for many many years. Um, they actually the monks that are living there now, or that monastery was established by um, a community that moved from Westville Letran, so from St. Sixus across to Nova Scotia and then down to Spencer, Massachusetts, eventually. So it's a, it's again it's a fairly uh, established community. Mm-hmm. Um, they began brewing beer about, or th- they went on the, the journey really to begin brewing beer because it's a little bit of a process to get that approval right. um, several years ago. Uh, and I, I want to say the, the European monks weren't trepidatious about it, but okay. were a little bit, you know, cautious. They wanted to know what these American, this American community wanted to do um, to beer, but mm-hmm. their process was largely the same outside of the reception. So they they visited many of the monasteries uh, in Europe, talked to what, or talked to the brewers there, talked to the, the communities there um, to understand what those traditions are, so that they can be respectful to that, while also branching out again, doing styles that are not Belgian. Mm-hmm. Um, are not traditionally brewed in Trappist monasteries. And, and you could understand why they'd be concerned. It's not like as if it's a, a car ride or a train ride away. They'd have to, you know, take a plane across the Atlantic in order to make sure 
that they're doing what they're supposed to be doing. Now, Sarah, right. if, if somebody was a novice and getting together to drink some Belgian beers for the first time from, from the monasteries, if you were drinking these types of beer, which would you start with first? Ooh, tough question. They're all wonderful. Um, I think I would ask, what am I what am I eating it with, or how many people am I sharing it with? Because some of these beers are rather large. Right. Um, Pater's beer styles are light and easy to to start with. They're mm-hmm. usually about five or six percent, um, so a little bit more uh, sessionable. But triples, doubles. Uh, quads, those are all beautiful, deep, rich styles that I encourage everybody to try. Um, I would honestly uh, refer to the expertise of your your favorite beer store, um, your favorite beer bars. Understand uh, the people around you and what they love, and then you can start to pick up on those, those nuances and then branch out and try other things, not necessarily even Travis, just Belgian styles. Right. Okay. So then, Sarah, I'm going to put you on the spot. Out of all of sure. the ones that you were at with the on this on this trip, which was the one that you enjoyed the most? Oh, I don't know. That's too. That's a pretty bright spot to put me under. <laughs> um, they were all beautiful. To be perfectly honest, like their their care and uh, attention to detail and the flavors that they're crafting mm-hmm. um, is really second to none. So. I don't think you can go wrong with any Trappist beer. Uh, Trey Fontana is doing a very, very interesting take on a triple. They use eucalyptus that is, um, that's been grown uh, at the monastery for thousands of years because uh, it was thought to, dry, uh, to cure malaria or drive away malaria when in, case, or, well, when in fact it just is a very thirsty plant and therefore absorbs more water, less water in the ground, fewer mosquitoes. Um, but they grow eucalyptus and they use that in their triple and it, Really, just it's such an interesting, herbaceous, but still beautifully sweet uh, and balanced triple. Mm-hmm. So that was a very unique thing that we got to try um, and bring back with us uh, on the trip. Okay. But again, really, they're all superb. Excellent. Well, I mean, it's just an excuse to have a, you know, in, you have one night of it and then you have another night of it, you know, because you're not going to be able to get through all of them in one night. You have another uh, get together where, you, uh, you know, you sample some more. That's all. My my guest has been Sarah Wood. She's the tri-author of a book called Trappist Beer Travels, a fantastic book. They've been, they'll be in New York City signing books and, of course, sampling Belgian beers Tuesday through Thursday of next week. More info at TrappistBeerTravels.com. You definitely want to pick up this book if you're into Belgian beers or want to explore uh, the history of the monasteries and the, the, the trials and tribulations that they went through. You definitely want to pick up this book. Sarah, thanks so much for joining me on the Craft Beer Cast tonight. Very much appreciate it. Thanks. It's been wonderful. You got it. When we come back, time for Suds and Duds. It's where I'll tell you all about the beers I've partaken in the past week or so. I'll tell you if they are a Suds or if they're a Dud. It's all after a short break on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer. You know, as you walk up to the Barrow House in Clifton, New Jersey, you really feel like you're transported back in time by the reconstructed 19th century farmhouse design, complete with beautiful reclaimed wood beams and flooring. If the weather permits and it's a great night out, visit the outdoor porch area, complete with quaint rocking chairs, flickering gas lanterns hinting at a bygone era. Enjoy a seasonal cocktail or a casual dinner under the stars. The Barrow House satisfies groups of all sizes, always keeping that intimate feel. Now, if you've got a group dinner to plan, the Barrow House Root Cellar is a perfect stone line 
wine nook that showcases a carefully selected wine collection. If your group's larger, the traditional post and beam barn complete with retractable roof and belt-driven fans is the perfect setting. Whether it's the 18 craft beers on draft, my favorite part, the creative seasonal craft cocktails, or the scrumptious American farm fare, and trust me, it's delicious. Choose the Barrel House on Van Houten Avenue in Clifton, New Jersey, right off of Route 3. Visit thebarrelhouse.com. Return to a simpler time, the Barrel House. And when in Nutley, don't forget to visit Cowan's Public Art Deco Speakeasy. Attention, residents of Rochelle Park, Bergen County, and fellow AM970 listeners. I'm Mayor Frank Valenzuela, and this coming Tuesday, November 7th, is Election Day. During my 11 years on the Rochelle Park Township Committee and four years as your mayor, I've worked very hard to keep our property taxes to one of the lowest rates in Bergen County. My goals as your mayor have been and will continue to be planning for our towns and our children's future. With your vote to re-elect me to the Township Committee on Tuesday, November 7th, we can continue to move Rochelle Park forward together. Remember to vote for me, Frank Valenzuela, and my running mate, Sam Allos, column one in Rochelle Park, Bergen County, on Tuesday, November 7th. To learn more about our campaign, visit our Facebook page, 07662, Moving Rochelle Park Forward. That's 07662, Moving Rochelle Park Forward. Thank you. Paid for by the friends of Frank Valenzuela for Township Committee. Final segment of the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast right here on AM 970. The answer is always you can follow me on Twitter at Algatulo, Instagram at Gatulo, G-A-T-T-U-L-L-O, Facebook.com slash AG Craft Beer Cast, via email at AlbertGNNYCRadio.com. Don't forget iTunes and Google Play. You just do a search for AG Craft Beer Cast, and you can download and listen to all of the Craft Beer Casts at your leisure. And we appreciate that you listen on your own time. Uh, you know, I love the show. I love the time that it's on. Obviously, it moves around uh, because we get preempted uh, by sports uh, from time to time on Saturday nights. And uh, very thankful to the folks here at AM970, the answer that allow me uh, to do this program to bring it to you. But it's great to be able to listen to it anytime you want. I've heard people have told me they, they download and listen when they're, you know, uh, exercising or driving in their car. And to me, that's the, the, the new way of getting your information via radio. Um, it's the downloading, it's the podcasting, it's the, I want to listen when I want to listen, not, you know, when you're on. So thank you for that. And very much appreciate, uh, all of the listeners and, uh, you know, can't, again, I can't thank you enough without you guys. I wouldn't be here. It's time for suds and duds. It's the segment where I tell you all about the various craft beers I've drank over the past week. And now remember it's a subjective list and it's based on one person's palate. And that would be your humble host, Al Gattulo. So, um, a lot of beers to get to here. Uh, last week uh, started off with an Oktoberfest uh, by Left Hand Brewing Company. The folks from Left Hand had sent me a bunch of beers. Got a chance to try this one, trying to get all the October beers out uh, before the end of October. But, you know, obviously we're into November already and I'm still not done with them. So uh, this one was nice. Easy drinking, delicious, lots of flavor in it. Um, definitely a really good Oktoberfest. Finding I'm liking the Oktoberfest beers a lot more now than I have in the last couple of years. Uh, this is definitely a good one. If you see it on the shelves, go get it. Oktoberfest beers are still good into November, probably by mid-December, I would say, uh, you know, stop drinking them. But definitely for now, uh, for this time of season and with the wild weather that we've had on the East Coast, you know, 50s one day, 70s the next, uh, it's definitely uh, a good 
uh, sipping beer, especially uh, if you're by a fire. And we're going to get into some beers uh, having to deal with fire and, and, you know, if you're in a, if you have a fire pit one night, uh, beers to try for sure. Then I moved on. Uh, the good folks from Stone Brewing, nice enough to uh, send me a lot of samples over the last uh, several months and finally was able to crack into them. Uh, they sent me a couple of cans of their Vengeful Spirit IPA. This one is really good. If you can find this right now, you definitely should get it. Lots of pineapple flavor in it, a lot of pine. Uh, got a little bit of the mandarin orange in it, but more pineapple than orange. Uh, delicious. Just out of this, really good uh, and the way they described the Vengeful Spirit IPA was um, they didn't want to let go of summer. Well, this is definitely a beer that you want to be drinking in a little bit warmer weather, but it was perfect uh, on a night at the fire pit. My uh, neighbor Greg has uh, a fire pit in his backyard that was kind of a makeshift. It was a grill, and he turned it into a fire pit. And uh, we sat out last week and went through a bunch of stuff sampling. Uh, so it was. Uh, let's just say it was a good Friday night, and that was a night where it was cold. So we had a lot of fire going. As we continue on here on the Suds and Duds segment on the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970, The Answer, uh, a buttercup by Funky Buddha Brewery. This is one I, I've, I, honestly, and I'll confess, Funky Buddha had sent me some stuff last year. A couple of bottles I went through. This one I had had sitting for almost a year. And I have to tell you, very drinkable. Not much vanilla, lots of peanut flavor in it. Uh, surprisingly, for a year uh, sitting, uh, it, it still was very, very good. Uh, this is one definitely that uh, I would uh, I would definitely pick up and drink fresh. I, I don't know if I would certainly age it, uh, but it, certainly aging it did not affect uh, that much of the taste, except the, the vanilla flavors were muted in it. I really didn't get the vanilla, but very much the peanut flavor. You could very much uh, present uh, the peanut flavor in this one, the buttercup for, uh, from uh, Funky Buddha Brewing. Uh, then I moved on to a Siberian Black Magic Panther from Westbrook Brewing. Westbrook does some great beers. Uh, down in the Carolinas, they really do a nice job. The stouts are outstanding uh, from Westbrook. So this one, very boozy, lots of bourbon, nicely done. Uh, certainly one to pick up. And that, I believe that one I picked up in like February and never got a, uh, got around to drinking it. Um, and definitely a, a one for a cold night uh, for sure. Stone, then we go back to Stone. They had sent me this collaboration between the Abnormal Beer Company uh, and Stone it's called Neapolitan Dynamite, and as you would infer from the name Neapolitan, think Neapolitan ice cream. Uh, vanilla, chocolate, and strawberry in it, but this one was odd to me. It was drinkable, uh, but I really didn't get a lot of vanilla and chocolate out of it. A lot more of strawberry uh, than vanilla and chocolate. It didn't taste super sweet. Um, definitely drinkable. Uh, to me, I think it was like more, of, more or less a one-time-only uh, type of beer, but definitely one that to share. Um, I don't know if I would drink this one, you know, this bomber bottle uh, at 22 ounces. I don't know if I would drink the whole thing uh, by myself. That's definitely one uh, to share for sure. So I, I want to say it's a Suds, but it, it's, you know what, I'm going to leave it as a Suds for now, but it's one of those, you really have to be into strawberry to enjoy it. If you're not into strawberry, it's going to throw you off. That's that's all I'd have to say about that. Uh, then we capped off that night, uh, my neighbor and I, with an outstanding beer from Founders, Backwoods Bastard. I mean, the Backwoods Bastard is outstanding. Boozy, bourbon. Uh, it, it is, without a doubt, and it barrel-aged, without a doubt, the beer that you want to end the night off with uh, if you're ending a night because it's very, very strong. Uh, and thankfully, I only had to walk about, I, I would say, about 100 steps to my home. So uh, it's good. It's definitely not one that you want to get behind the wheel. Now, I don't encourage anybody 
getting behind the wheel, uh, you know, drinking and driving. But this is definitely one of those where this is the one where you sit in the house and you drink it and you kind of have a nice evening, a little fire, and you just kind of relax. It is outstanding. It's out now. If you can find it, get it. You will not be disappointed. Then last Saturday, I was down at Screaming Hill Brewery uh, just uh, outside of Jackson. It's in Cream Ridge, New Jersey. These guys, Brett Bullock is doing a fantastic job at the brewery. It's been two years since I've been there. We're going to get Brett back on the show again. Uh, had uh, a couple of his beers and took some growlers home. The two growlers that I took home, first one up, American Wheat. Uh, sweet, easy drinking. I didn't really like it at first when I sipped it, but when it warmed up a little bit, it tasted much better. I, I don't know why. I, it Maybe, you know, I, I guess room temperature was probably a, a little bit better as a room temperature beer. Outstanding. Then I had the Wheat Did You Say IPA. Dank, juicy, delicious. If you're looking for that, that you know, that orange juice colored, you know, uh, beer, this is definitely one to get at Screaming Hill. They are a great local uh, New Jersey brewery, uh, farm fresh ingredients. He's got one beer, Brett, that is now 100% uh, ingredients from the farm, and about 80%, he told me, of his beers are all ingredients from the farm. He's got to go out and get about 20% of the ingredients for the beers. But he is doing a fantastic job, and I think he told me within a year or two he might be fully sustainable on the farm. That is outstanding. We are definitely going to have Brett back on the program again to talk about Screaming Hill Brewery. If you have not been to the brewery yet, do yourself a favor. Go to Great Adventure. Go right past Great Adventure. First right you can make after Great Adventure. Follow that road to the church steeple. When you get to the church steeple, make a right. The farm is right there. You can't miss it. It is outstanding. Great job, Brett. Great job, Screaming Hill Brewery. Uh, then uh, the other night, Paragon Tap and Table, one of my favorite places, and we'll be back there on November 30th. They're doing a bartending competition. Demented Brewing is going to be the featured beer uh, that night. Uh, lo- another local uh, uh, brewery. You definitely want to come and check that out. Uh, we're there. I think we're going to be taping around 5, 6 o'clock at night, and uh, it will last until about 9 o'clock that night. So November Thursday, November 30th, between 5 and 9, you definitely want to check it out. Bartending Competition and Demented uh, Brewery is going to be uh, the featured beer that night uh, as we tape the Algatulo uh, Craft Beer Cast there from uh, Paragon Tap and Table, right off of Exit 135 in Clark, New Jersey. So they had a, uh, a tap takeover between Oscar Blues uh, and uh, my uh, the Flying Dog Brewery, as well as a uh, whiskey sampling from uh, Glenn Fittich. And uh, my, my neighbors came out. They loved the whiskey. Uh, one of them was in an IPA barrels, aged in IPA barrels, which, uh, again, I'm not a big whiskey fan, and I, I, we don't have enough time to get into the whole whiskey thing. But the one that I did sample, not bad. I have to say, not bad. So I started off with, uh, let's see, a tiramisu milk porter, uh, winter seasonal from uh, Chigmeister. Creamy, smooth, delicious, nice roasted notes, too. And I love the fact that it was on nitro. Very, very much an easy drinking beer. Then uh, I was over at the, uh, let's see, uh, Sterling Hotel earlier this week. By the way, Dan from the Sterling Hotel, thank you so much for your hospitality and for the bottle of beer from Victor, uh, from Shifley. And we'll get to that in a second. Started off over at the Sterling Hotel. <clears throat> with a Fest beer from Victory Brewing. Nice and steady, good German beer. Uh, well done from the guys from Victory. Then I had a Karabach from Dogfish Head. Outstanding, delicious, loved the sweetness. It tasted just like a chocolate-covered banana. That's all I have to say about that. Then I uh, had an Evil Dead Red by Alesmith. Not bad, nice bitter bite. Uh, I don't know if it was uh, the best thing I've ever had, so that might be the dud uh, of the group, but uh, that was... Uh, it was all right from Al Smith. Al Smith is kind of hit or miss with me. I know everybody talks about Al Smith being such a great beer. I I'm the jury's still out for me. And then Dan from uh, the Sterling Hotel, the general manager, uh, bought my friends and I a bottle of 
smoked stout by Shifley. This was really good. Not too smoky. Like you got that smoky flavor uh, when you when you sniffed it, but really not smoky going down. Very smooth though. Uh, outstanding. So uh, Dan, thanks so much for the bottle. That was really good. That was a nice little treat. Then we move back to Paragon Tap and Table uh, with this uh, stout uh, it's stout week this week and and all this other great stuff. So started off with a Java cask from Victory Brewing. Great way to start the night off. Thick, rich, great coffee flavor. Bourbon too. Excellent. Uh, had the Mexican cake by Westbrook, another good one. And, folks, if you're going to try this one, let it warm up first to get the full effect of the heat from the habanero that they add in it. Because once you let it uh, heat up a little bit, you get that heat from the habanero, and really, it, ma- it does make a big difference. Then I had an Imperial Biscotti Break by Evil Twin. Coffee and amaretto in this one was good, tasty. Again, I- I- it's a one-off for me. I don't know if I would actually have it again. So, to me, that's that's probably the- another dud of the group. Then I had an Oktoberfest on Nitro by Chigmeister. Uh, smooth, caramel, uh, really, really good. That was a nice one on Nitro. Uh, then uh, the folks from Flying Dog, they have a canine, uh, which is at, you know lots of flavors of bourbon and chocolate. They call it their winter warmer. Uh, it's perfect with a cigar. Had a nice uh, Alec Bradley cigar. Uh, the uh, gentleman from Glenfiddich uh, was giving out cigars, so that was nice on the patio. Uh, then, let's see, we had the Angel Share Bourbon Barrel-Aged. This is from 2015 from the Lost Abbey. This was excellent. Ridiculously smooth, like velvet, boozy, outstanding. Uh, They don't make it anymore. This is one they've had aging for a couple of years uh, in the cellar. Well worth the wait. And finally, a Frost Monster. This is another one that was aged for two years uh, by Captain Lawrence Brewing. Uh, Outstanding. The perfect way to end the evening. And folks... We are out of time. My thanks to Darren Yellen, Jerry Crowley, Phil Boyce, Sarah Wood, the tri-author of the Trappist Beer Travels. They're in New York City next week. Check out their website for more details. And, of course, last but not least, the great Buddy Watson. Back Monday on the Joe Piscopo Show at 6 a.m. This has been the Algatulo Craft Beer Cast on AM 970 The Answer. Cheers, everybody. Breaking news and local news. Find it on our website, am970theanswer.com. Cowan's Public was born in 2015, but really, its historic roots, they stretch back into the 1930s. This Art Deco speakeasy in Nutley, New Jersey, has its roots dating to just after the repeal of Prohibition. Now, the main room, it's beautiful when you walk in, features a curved Art Deco bar with custom stained glass, a roaring fireplace, plenty of places to sit, just the right setting to enjoy a seasonal cocktail, perhaps an Ella Fizz or an Alley Cat. If you're looking for an escape from the main bar, the Nouveau Lounge is right up your alley with upholstered walls, restored tin ceiling, and deco chandeliers. It's great for families, small groups, and even private party rentals. Cowan's Public has 16 rotational craft beers on draft. The beer selection suited for all tastes, from craft beer enthusiasts like me to newcomers alike. Cowan's uses local purveyors focusing on the freshest ingredients. Try the buffalo chicken poutine. Oh, my goodness. Or the new Cowan's Burger, an 8-ounce coffee-rubbed burger topped with Vermont white cheddar, fried egg, and shoestring onion rings. I'm getting that the next time I go in for sure. Visit CowanSPublic.com. The 1930s never looked so good. Cowan's Public, your local escape. And when in Clifton, visit the newly constructed Barrow House Bar and Restaurant. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. 
The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.